Fam Podcast. TheRadioFam.com. Radio Fam, welcome back to a regular episode of our podcast. We are in Season 7, Episode 6. Today I've got Megan Sapphire. Um, and kind of like I titled the episode, uh, Being Unapologetically Yourself, because she is very much that. Um, but what I found interesting mostly about her story was that there's very few people that you know, I guess of the people that were podcasting early on in like 2009, 10, 11, um, were doing just that kind of in and out, not really, not consistently having a podcast from back then all the way until now. Um, and she actually has done that. Um, so right now it's called uh, Sapphire's Earplay, but the premise of the podcast, you know, it's gone through like name a name change. Um, and, but from the beginning has just kind of really always been its thing, you know, a sex positive podcast um, that she's continued to do until 2023. It's still going. And um, some opportunities that she has gotten through doing the podcast and really, I guess, speaks to that whole, you know, consistency thing. You know, I know that she does it less often, but still doing it, you know, still getting out the episodes and and doing the thing. And I think that's, you know, what we always talk about, being consistent on whatever thing you are working on. So we, she will take you through her radio journey. And uh, thank you for being back with us. And we'll see you next week. When I was a little girl, but no, seriously, when I was little, um, I was given a Fisher Price uh, record like cassette player. And I mimicked all the radio stations that I loved here in LA. So back in the day, I was a huge Rick Dees fan. I used to love him and LNK in the mornings. And then I would switch over to 94.7 The Wave, which was more smooth jazz. And by then I was falling in love with Pat Prescott, who just retired, and Dave Cause. They had a little morning radio show. So I was always doing the jingles and doing just my own shows and never really thought much of it. Were you just like singing the jingles? Singing the jingles, like 94.7 The Wave. Yes, I (laughs) used to sing. And so I was also a singer. So, you know, I would sing. I'd be my own musical guest, everything, and never really thought much of it, you know, much of it. Went into college and in high school, I was a drama kid, so a theater kid, sang in the choir, never really thought about public speaking again until college came. And at first I entered as a drama major at SF State. And I think within three months, I was like, this is not for me. Let me get into the broadcast department. And I was basically studying to be a TV critic. Didn't even know we had a radio like station on our campus. It was not visible at all. So by then it's about 2008 in my sophomore year. And (laughs) this is where it gets a little funny. So my professor heard me give some sex advice before class to one of the other students, pulls me aside. And I thought I was about to get kicked out of class before the class started. And she's like, I, I know you're a great writer and, you know, you really do captivate an audience with you speaking. I need you to come to our, our, our radio program. And I'm like, y'all have a radio show? There are radio shows that we can do? Oh, my God. And she's like, yeah, I, I think you would be perfect. And give us a Howard Stern, if you will, because while it was not appropriate in our class, I think we can make something of it. So got into the radio department. Teacher basically told us, you know, your grade is what you make out of your show by the end of the semester. And that was it. So originally I called the show Erotic City Radio. I used my real name and I was 
a firecracker. I was a firecracker to the extent of the fact that the dean wanted to pull me off the college airwaves. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> I understand that this is a Friday night show and people may or may not be listening, but this is a little raunchy. It's a little bit too much. But also I was making an impact because, you know, it's amazing how many people are having sex in college and actually don't know how to have safe sex. And I talk about a lot of uncomfortable, funny, but also very truthful moments that come with sexuality. And I, I knew right then and there, I was going to follow my models of Wendy Williams, Howard Stern, and be those shock jocks and just kind of bring it back to a college confessional. And it kind of almost saved my life in a sense too, because as my dad calls it, I was young, dumb, and stupid. I did a lot of reckless behavior, but it made great content. And so over the years, um, by the time I was a second year junior, I was already calling out stations on my podcast. And I was like, I want to, I want to work for you. I want to, I want to entertain your masses, get me on. And I called out Playboy at the time when they had a contract with Sirius. And I think it was around December of 2011. Yes, it was December, 2011. I get an email and it says, Playboy wants your podcast. Vegas email ever. And you know, this is like before we knew. I got like goosebumps. Yeah. And so I was like, I got to call my uncle. He's our attorney. I need to find out if this is legit. It was legit. And so as I'm entering my senior year, I got to simultaneously be on the college airwaves as well as Sirius XM Friday nights, same time, flying to and from LA to San Francisco, doing multiple radio shows. And here we are. Gosh, 2023. I forgot because I'm thinking everything now, everybody just kind of does stuff from home. So you were traveling back. Yeah. Playboy took the got the podcast part or the radio show part? So here's the funny thing. In 2009, let me take you on a journey of this. Nobody knew what the fuck a podcast was. So when I would tell people I have a radio show, they're like, oh, honey, that's nice. And I'm like, no, I, I'm actually like making real radio content and posting it. And I'm having fandom from Brazil, the Philippines, Australia, New Zealand, not even the United States. I had a little popularity, but not enough. And then all of a sudden, when I was putting originally on, what was it? Uh, Podomatic. That's when I put it on. And I remember very vividly around 2010, I was on summer break. And I found out that my podcast kind of went viral in a sense. So it went from having like 10 listeners to 300 to 1,000 to 1,500 to almost damn near 20,000 downloads by the time I graduated in 2012. And now as we flash forward, I have a 30,000 monthly following with the help of no social media. I was doing two different shows. So I, I did my college show, which was Erotic City Radio. And of course I changed in the name because, you know, I didn't want Prince's people coming after me by the time I graduated and um, changed it finally to Sapphire's Earplay, which is of course, you know, foreplay for your ears. So I was like, Earplay, perfect, great. But um, I was doing, when I would do shows at Playboy, and the college station simultaneously on Friday nights, you'd get a more raunchier version of Erotic City Radio with interviews with porn stars. 
and directors. And that's kind of how I kind of got into the adult industry because by the time I graduated, I always joke around and I say, I graduated on a Friday night in May of 2012. And by that Monday, I was working for Playboy and respectfully another LA station, which is now defunct, which was at the time Amp Radio as a phone operator. Did they pick you up like through the radio station? Like how did Amp? Um... Amp, I just put in an application and kind of just, you know, luck of the draw, if you will, and applied, blew the pants off of the interview. And they're like, oh, well, the job that you're applying for is a phone operator, but it can always, you know, evolve. We all know that journey. And I take that very lightly because nothing evolved. (laughs) (laughs) I became a board operator for maybe like six months. And then I left the company completely um, to go work full time for Playboy because I was tired of being passed up and being told I wasn't urban enough. Oh my God. As a black woman, I'm sorry, but like not all black people talk and look the same. And I know that I'm a little unconventional and I scare people, but I'm very talented. And I think that's what a lot of us can say in the industry. It's like my favorite stories are the ones when I get passed off for certain roles. And then here we are still standing years later. And people are like, are you still in radio? Yeah. I just don't do regular radio anymore. You know, so yeah, going back, um, like I said, working for Amp gave me leverage. I learned to board, thankful for that. Got to work at 94.7 The Wave as a board op for a little bit, but I had to leave the company completely and went to Playboy. I got to produce. It became the youngest and still the youngest producer Sirius XM has ever had. I think it was like 1920 when I became a producer for them and on air. I was on air for them when I was uh, 19 and 20 as well. A lot of the stuff you were doing back then is like the stuff that I'm encouraging people to do now, really. You know what I mean? Like create their own brand. You know, if, if the station's not giving you a chance, you can, you have a place to put it. Mm-hmm. You can put it, you have an audience now. So now you have, you know, and it's just like, well, you, you figured it out way before everybody else. I've been talking about this, these topics for years. And it's funny because now people are deep diving back into my legacy. And they're like, oh, she was talking about, you know, normalizing STIs, STDs, talking about Black Lives Matter before Black Lives Matter became an hashtag, talking about the importance of queer representation in the media, talking about what a fuck boy is, all that, you know, all those topics that you hear now, I was talking about them years and years ago. And, you know, there's some college episodes that will never be re-released because... (laughs) Something is just, you know, but I always hold myself accountable. So I even deep dive and I go back and I, if I said some outlandish shit, I go back and hold myself accountable and be like, you know what? I was young. It was a different time. Let's revisit this episode. And I do it all the time. What would be your ideal role in radio anyway? Like if you could have it your way, you were getting paid your worth. Honestly, I would love, I would love to do an honest and open radio show. I really want to bring queer representation and black representation to urban radio stations. So like a syndicated kind of... If Sapphire's Airplay can be syndicated, I will water it the fuck down, okay? I will tone it down because I can't. Yes, I cuss a lot right now in this interview, but I can tone it down if you will. You know, I can play the role and tone it down, but still want to hit hard-hitting facts. But I also want to bring the fact that I am a queer black woman. I am polyamorous. 
And just because I'm polyamorous does not mean that my life does not matter. You know, I still have the same problems that a regular straight monogamous couple in their 30s, 40s can bring to the table. I could still resonate with the 18 to 20 year old demographic who's questioning their sexuality and not being able to find a voice in an industry that turns their back on them constantly. You know, again, people, TikTokers, people like, or, you know, bloggers or vloggers telling these long stories. I mean, lots of them are doing things that are like, that's radio. It's just not, they're allowed to do it though, because they're, you know, they're doing it on a platform where they can, whereas the radio station is still like, oh, we can't, but we're like, we see how people resonate with real though. So why are we taking the real out? Exactly. You can still push sales and still keep it real. I don't have to just continuously push an album and not add a real element. We all gravitated to radio as children. The 30 and 40 year olds who wanted to get into radio went into it because they're like, oh my God, that sounds like me. I wanna talk and be that person. Nowadays, people are like, I don't even listen to radio anymore because the commercials are this. Radio is dead. It's not dead, it's just the fact that it's sold out. That's a great way to put it. When you're telling me I, I have to work from you know, my call time at 2.30 in the morning, morning show, the show wraps up at 11, everybody gets to go home, but oh, I need you to board up for a couple more hours, but you're only going to get paid for like two hours. On a resume that becomes irrelevant now because it's not, what companies have you worked for? It's What's your following? And what makes me, I think, most mad about that, because, you know, I, I obviously don't hate social media, but like the... It's like they ask that, but they don't know what to do with it. Mm -mm. So they just see a big number, but they have no idea how to monetize it or to do, or they just automatically think, oh, well, that translates to audience or people actually listening. It's like, no, 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 that's not <laughs> it. You know, right. there's a whole lot of pieces that go into it. So it's like, I don't even know why that they hire off of that because I'm like, you guys don't even understand how social media works. So talking about these numbers mean nothing, especially because a lot of people buy their followers. That's. And there are a lot of radio jobs that pay for it. There are a lot of podcasters that pay for it. Are you just applying for roles that are open or are you actively like, do you have something that I guess promotes your show as like a, take a chance on Sapphire's earplay? I like to do it in both ways. Honestly, I now want, I start applying for on-air jobs. I have a producing friend who's always done my air checks. So it's kind of like, I tell him, hey, I want to audition for this job, blah, blah, blah. Let's make me sound good. You know, let's get the Sapphire, let's get the Megan Sapphire image, whatever they need. But also, you know, I'm not going to take a chance on a role if, you know, it's down to a certain price. I'm not, you know, in my 20s anymore. I'm trying to build a family, which I haven't been really open about, but I am trying to, you know, at this stage of my life, have an actual adulthood. I want to adult. <laughs> Again, 34, and I'm still loving what I'm doing, but I also need to be paid like a 34-year-old. You know, I want to have a proper salary. I want to be able to wake up and not stress about, you know, California and their, their BS housing prices. Did you want to stay in California? Hell no. <laughs> Where would you like to be? Honestly, that's the thing, too. I don't know. I just, I know that I would rather be working in some type of market that is not in L.A., or if I am in L.A., I need to be paid LA worthy market prices because the rent is too high and I'm not trying to rent for the rest of my life. That's just not what I'm trying to do. And rent out here, it's like you now have to choose baby rent. I want both. 
and I want my career. Not radio people are not asking to be billionaires. They're not asking. They just want a comfortable wage and to be able to do what they love doing every day and, and to help people. A lot of people want to help in some way. Yeah. And honestly, that's what I want to do. I just want to be able to, yes, I want to help people and I have helped people in the past and it's great. I would like to have my roses before I'm dead. I would like to be acknowledged that, you know, there was a time in my life where, again, nobody was podcasting. Nobody my age was podcasting. And once upon a time, Sex with Emily and I were in competitive forces of who was reaching the number one spot in the sexuality courses, in the sexuality podcast realm. You know, I would like to be acknowledged that I did make a substantial mark in this industry. And that's why I do say I am a sexuality podcast pioneer because it was untouched waters. What kept you motivated that back then to do the, you know, if there weren't other people, I guess, doing that, was it that alone? I, it was solely that, you know, I didn't want to, I'm not a normal person. And maybe this might be frustrating to PDs when they meet me is just where can we put her? Because yes, I love hip hop. I love my black culture a lot. Okay. I speak out a lot about it a lot, but I also, love country music. I love rock music. Honestly, I want to go into country radio. I want to go and work for a rock station. I, I mean, I avidly love that genre, but I think that also, you know, strays people away because my skin color is also a representation of the, of the, the station. There are not a lot of black faces and women in this industry who have a show of their own, but I would like to see more. And I want to be one of those people to a, a little black girl like myself, who once upon a time dreamed about being on air. When I found out that Pe Prescott was a black woman, I admired the hell out of her and then meeting her and getting to work with her in between, you know, my board shifts. It was great to see my hero be just like me and having a show of her own. And that's all I aspire to be. I get a little emotional about it because I just want my representation to be seen more on an outlet that I love. Would you have an ideal like time slot? Okay, so I've bounced back and forth. Let's say they were all treated equal. In an ideal world where the FCC is not gonna come down on me, the PTA or whoever, whatever you know group is gonna be like, ah, take her off. Um, honestly, I, I would love to breathe life back into that transition between the morning show period into the mid drive time. So if I could start off very slowly with like an 11 to three, you know, 11 to three slot, or even take it down to late, late night. Loveline was great. Bring back Loveline, but with Megan Sapphire. <laughs> I, I would love to have, you know, the, again, like 10 p.m to like one, 2 a.m. slot, turn you on and, and all that. And honestly, I wanna bring back, you know, good, honest interviews. I love interviewing artists and taking them out of the usual, like, what were you thinking about during this album? One of my favorite questions, and still, you know, when I do get musicians on my show, it sets them off and they're like, wait, what? <laughs> She's really about to ask me this? But I ask them, you know, like, do you do the bedroom test? You're, you're a raunchy artist. Do you give your own music a chance in the bedroom? And it's surprising what artists will say yes and what artists will say no. And some artists will be like, damn girl, 
one of my one of my favorite interviews um and i think it's on youtube somewhere and i might butcher her name uh sofia reyes she was an up and coming at the time, uh, Latin artist. And she came down to the station and they're like, Saf, you know, interviewer. And so I did. And of course I answered, you know, asked the, the usual boring questions. And I said, you know what, let's have a little fun. Let's play. Would you rather? <laughs> and I think I asked her, I was like, would you suck on a used condom or sleep with a homeless man? And <laughs> she looked so like, she looked at her PR and they're like, it's okay, go, 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 like, do it. She, I don't think she ever actually answered the question because she was just like, I can't believe I'm asking, being asked this during an interview. You're like, yeah, isn't this so much better? Yes. You know, asking the most outlandish questions because at the end of the day, these artists are getting up early. They're going to go through 50, 60 interviews by the time the day is done. And how many times can a station ask, what's your favorite track off the album? What was your inspiration? Who's your biggest inspiration when it comes to? I saw in this interview that, you know, you shouted out Taylor Swift. What was the? Uh, no, I want to know. The dirt. Yeah, no one cares about that. Take pride and worth in your talent. Listen to your talent. They are the voice of the people. And I think we forget that in this industry, that it's not the big wigs that they're looking up to. You want us to be the face of your station, the voice of your station, listen to us. And people, stop seeing radio's dead. It's not dead. We're trying to revive it. Listen to the voices that matter. Listen to the voices that don't get the same love like myself. If I'm not on Instagram getting, you know, 10K followers, listen to the small folk. Because sometimes the small folk have big gems and big gems matter. Sapphire Zero Play is a sex-based show. Um, as I like to say, where Black identity is not normally seen in sex spaces, this is where I bring it to the table. Um, but not just that. I talk about a lot of queerness. I talk a lot about polyamory. And I just talk about, you know, the, the, the sex that we are not talked are taught in sex education. So, yes, there are sometimes I talk about very squeamish but also very informative episodes and then i have fun ones like i did on valentine's day called fuck you valentine's day um also i talk about cuckolding which is coming up in a few months it's, it's a big thing it's a big community and so i'm getting one of the biggest um i guess spokeswomen for it she's going to be a part of it i don't want to reveal details until it's actually released but I mean, there's so many different gems and I just love when people go back and just deep dive into episodes and there are episodes that don't center around sex where I just talk about things in the media. I love my girl Lizzo, but let's not forget there was a time and place where Lizzo's outfit should not have been worn at a Lakers show. So we talk about that. So yes, I do talk about a lot of things that people are thinking and may be scared to say it. So what you're scared to say, I'm going to say it. I'll help you get through it. So enjoy the eargasm, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You can follow me at Ms. Radio Sapphire on Instagram. That's M-S-R-A-D-I-O-S-A-P-P-H-I-R-E. And then Sapphire's Ear Play at Instagram. Uh, no more Twitter. So please, there are people that still say, I follow you on Twitter. No, you don't. I'm gone. Um, so don't ask. <laughs> no more Twitter. Um, MissRadioSapphire.com, which is under construction. Um, yes, it's a little janky right now, but um, 
you, there's a simple hire me button. I am available for voiceovers, for ads. I do a lot of narrations for people's music. I do a lot of projects where I'm a voiceover for people's intros, outros, interludes, whatever you need. I am here. It's a one-stop shop. Um, so again, Ms. Radio Sapphire and Sapphire's Earplay at gmail.com. Very simple. And of course, Sapphire's Earplay on every podcast streaming platform imaginable. You're listening to the Radio Fam Podcast. Yeah. Find the Radio Fam on all the social platforms at the Radio Fam.